This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek show number 410, recorded on July 25th, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. I have both Edward and Mike. Edward's sitting outside. Edward, it's got to be a great, pretty great night, right? If it you're, if you're nice hanging out outside. Yep. Yeah, Mike, have you gotten a chance? I know you've been super busy, but I mean, the last, we had that heat wave, right? I think all of America, the United States had this monster heat wave. Then all of a sudden, it's like forgiveness. It's like, sorry, <laughs> right? It was. It was like a 20-degree difference, too, because we were uh, in, you know, right around 100. And then uh, I think yesterday we were in the, like, right at 80 most of the day. It was one of the first mornings that I woke up and my uh, my AC hadn't even kicked on because my temperature in the house stayed below my setting, wow. which is always a, always a blessing when uh, that you, you just see dollar signs maybe coming back into your wallet, not <laughs> AC just sucking it all out. Because during that heat wave, that AC just ran constantly yeah it was on a lot uh, i'm sure nest thermostats were all trying to figure out like oh, what yeah. the heck well is- and that was a big uh, savings for me was i had the eco b and we were out of town a lot during it and just being able to control and set and see what it was doing was actually a real benefit and that's where the eco b having those sensors in all the different rooms and doing the smarter way it was i'm sure i did save a lot it would be really fun to see the savings calculator if there was a way to do that on how much you save in a peak time like that yeah yeah that's the time i've purchased OPPD. They have, that's our power company. They have a little regulator that they'll put on your air conditioner mm-hmm. and during peak times, they'll send signals so that your compressor runs every 10 minutes or whatever. And they say, they say it helps. And uh, so I've kind of participated in that program. I got like a $50 credit to get it. We didn't, during that, during that, we didn't notice. My wife keeps this place frigid. Like I'm in here with a hoodie on. Uh, like, man, I am, I am freezing. Edward, have you deployed for, for HVAC? Have you deployed any tech? No, I've not. I don't have anything fancy for that, no. Okay. And uh, OPPD, the way they do that program, because I'm part of that as well, I think they can only do it three days of the year, and it's to help them with peak load. But you get that credit on your on your statement, which is nice. Yeah. And then it does help during on those three days. Obviously, uh, it's not it's costing you less money because it's just not going to run that outside unit. It'll still your AC will still kick on as in the blower in the house. It just won't kick on the unit outside. Yeah, yeah that was stuff. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just say, there, there is some stuff we're doing at work though related to. Um, to those topics of IoT in the home and, and some of it's environmental that at some point we could probably do a show on when I can talk about it publicly. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be great. Any any of those those kinds of things would be good. Mike, I think it's more like 10 days, not three. But Oh, uh, is think, it our? I think it it's 10, 10, and then they say, wow. like, no three in any two-week period. It's a weird formula. Like, they're, they want to convince you you're not going to, you're not even going to notice. This, <laughs> right. You're not even going to notice. We've we've also had just as we're talking about this, OPBD is is putting in a big solar farm up uh, up in North O, uh, near Blair, I think, and uh, you can buy into it. Now it doesn't really change your um, doesn't really change your costs, but it does help them offset them putting in some additional you know renewable energy stuff. And it wasn't terribly expensive. I think you could buy shares at a hundred bucks each or whatever. And then 
eventually they'll start using or you'll start seeing those that power show up on your power bill for those farms that they're the solar farms that they're using so at least they're trying i mean it's it's we're not california out here so you know uh i I don't mind them trying mike have you did you have you looked into that at all or did you know that was available to you no i didn't well because i've wanted to put solar on the house that's just eventually something i'll probably get to but uh back when i was signing up for the thing with oppd i don't know if they still do this but they offered you two options you could either get the thing installed or if you had a nest they can actually just tap into your nest and control it that way without coming out and putting that thing on but i was thinking you know I would much rather them come out, put their own device that can only control that AC unit because they do it on the outside of the house. It just controls that. I don't know if I want them tapped into uh, tapped into my nest. That's just one more thing. But, you know, with IoT, I'm sure a lot of people just signed right up. So, oh, yeah, super simple. And, and probably didn't even think about possible security uh, uh, flaws there, you know. Speaking of Facebook. Have you guys talked about that much on here? Yeah, we will. We will here in just a second. Yeah. The um, I, I would love this house has the best south facing roof ever like it's just a big long i have a big long roof faces south and i just kind of wish i could put solar on there and then i'd run all my bitcoin off of it that's what I would. <laughs> there you go edward that's what i would do well a couple couple reminders for folks uh checking in one don't forget to subscribe to our or don't forget to download the app if you're going to listen to home gadget geeks on the road best way to do that homegadgetgeeks.com you can support the show on Patreon if you want to do that that way. And that $5 plan now has that coin associated with it, the uh, the Home Gadget Geeks coin that Ron made for us. And so if you support us just one month, I'll send you out the coin and uh, you can get access to that as well. The AverageGuy.tv slash Patreon gets you there and then join us in Discord, the AverageGuy.tv slash Discord. All right, we've already heard from him. Edward has joined us back tonight. If you're new to Home Gadget Geeks, Edward is from from alpha btc and is our bitcoin expert in blockchain i should really say blockchain expert but you know there's a little bitcoin in there as well and uh edward welcome back to home gadget geeks hi thanks for having me again yep good to have you um we're going to talk facebook and libra here in just a second but i want to get a quick update you we know you because you've set up atms as well around city of omaha i think one in lincoln as well Last time we saw you, I think Bitcoin has was at the on the bottom of this, and we might have been asking questions like, "Hey, is this still working?" and those kinds of things. Since then, we've seen Bitcoin recover from thirty five hundred to, to to twenty. It's gone as high as probably twelve or thirteen in there. How's that? Has that changed your business at all? And how's how's the ATM business and how are those things going? Uh, no, our I mean our business has been very good. We've hit monthly highs on a regular basis um in terms of volume and um the price doesn't uh, affect that too much and so i think uh i mean our major the, the price really gets us in the mining side of things and so uh, obviously we were mining at a loss for a while there and so we're finally break even again essentially and so um so yeah i i think that'll be the the in that regard, like I'm looking forward to mining at a real profit at some point here in the near term future. Yeah. And uh, probably join, going to be ramping up the um, our mining efforts as well. So I just uh, sent out some inquiries about a new batch of mining equipment. So hopefully we'll have some more coming in. So. Did you do you feel those as the market was changing? Do you feel the, inqu- do the inquiries go up as, you know, we saw 6,000 and then 10,000 and then 12,000? Do you see, do, do things change or, or is it still been pretty quiet? I think people are 
I think there's enough public uh, understanding or knowledge that I think people who want to or are going to get into it uh, kind of understand and, and know what they're doing now. Um, I would, I would, I guess I should say this, maybe not new inquiries like people asking, but I guess education uh, is to a point where people have figured it out on their own and, but they're still buying like new, new market entries. Yes. But not as much of an education process. I think it's just been around long enough that people kind of get it. So. Yeah. Mike, as you talk about it a little bit, do you, do you get that same feeling like people were not, you're not having to explain. I still do when I'm talking to people about <laughs> it, but do you feel there's less of that now than there was? Maybe people are getting it more. So it's interesting. What I think is people have at least, you know, because I'm in the finance industry, right? So people generally have hopped on board with this thing as an investment. It's been on the big major news channels enough that they they think they understand it. So they're like, oh yeah, Bitcoin. Oh yeah, cryptocurrency. Got it. Yep. You know, and all the prices are going up and they can talk about it. They have, but they're no longer interested because it's no longer like a new tech. They're not wondering the tech behind it anymore. So they're not asking me to explain blockchain as much as they used to, because I think they, they don't know that there's a big, deep, you know, technological advancement here behind cryptocurrency. I, I don't know why that change has happened. I think people have just, it's almost become a common term now. It's no longer something new. Um, so people aren't as interested with me, at least, on knowing the tech behind it. And everyone at work knows that I'm really into it and that I could explain the blockchain to them if they want, but they're just not asking. So I don't know if you guys are seeing that same thing, but it's been odd. I would imagine it's probably um, uh, probably the people that are curious in their minds function in a manner that they want to learn probably have done all their learning already. And now you're just getting the people that just want to use stuff and they don't care about the underpinnings. That's a good point. Yeah, that's probably exactly it. Edward, besides currency, are you guys seeing any other usage, legitimate usage of the blockchain um, where, where folks are really taking advantage of that? Or has it all been around currency so far? I think it's still in a phase. The blockchain stuff is specifically still in a phase of innovation. And it's kind of where Bitcoin was a few years maybe ago that um, it's... Uh, People are, are using it not because it's the best tool, but they're using it because they want to see how it works and figure out how to use it better. And um, so I don't think that has changed much except just maybe more adoption, but not at a, if you want to be profitable, there's not a blockchain play for you really. Like if you, if you want to be innovative then and get some investor money or whatever, then that's, that's where the blockchain part would come in. And, and someday, hypothetically, right, like when everybody's using it, et cetera, maybe that would be a it would be a profitable venture at that point. But right now you're just trying to get bought if you are using blockchain, I would imagine. So And it's interesting too, because I think either the time we talked last or maybe two times ago, I was at KPMG and I was talking about how the big four auditors are getting into, you know, how do we provide audit services for the blockchain? And it was kind of a hypothetical at that point. Well, I was actually just talking to some colleagues who are there, you know, I'm no longer there, but they're who they're and they are getting some really cool, massive um, engagements for blockchain auditing and coming in and actually building blockchains for them and developing the work papers like for a SOC report on how do we test this stuff? What kind of tests do we need to be doing? And so seeing that stuff actually happen before for me was a hypothetical of, oh, that would be a good market for them to pursue um, shows me. And I mean, these are some big players, some big names that you would hear about. And to hear that they're actually working on this in the background, I think there's a lot going on that Edward, you probably know about, but maybe not the rest of us even 
know about that are some big, massive projects that are happening. And maybe they're just not out public yet because they take so much time to develop because they're really trying to get the fine-tuned details here. And they're big, massive companies who have the pressure. They can't just be a startup who spins it up and then sells it. Right. So some of them are looking to really develop a mature product. That has been a lot of fun to see. And like I've always said, good to see that the auditors are actually taking an interest in it so that these things can actually be tested, audited, um, and the the users can have some semblance of trust in the product they're going to be using. Well, I think that, like, yeah, to your point, the folks that have money to, I I would still consider that an outworking of their innovation arm or their, like, we have some money to spend and this is something we think is worthwhile for the future XYZ reason. But as far as, um, and so, like, I guess to your point, you know, to answer the question, like, you know, you could talk about um, Creighton University uh, launched their fintech uh, degree. So they have a degree specifically for fintech. Which Do they really? Is, yeah, which touches on, I believe they talk uh, about blockchain and that. Um, and then uh, there's been some alliances that First National Bank has made with um, some blockchain companies that I don't know what is in the works there, but potentially that something might come out of that. And so um, there's some larger, there are larger organizations getting into it. You've seen a lot of enterprise adoption. I would agree with that or, or use cases, um, but they have money to blow as well versus uh, mid-level companies. So yeah, we, we call that R and D in the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no CFO. It wants to blow. Yeah. I'm just, I know yep. you're joking, but <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, <laughs> we um, we've hired actually for our, for this is our first summer at Gallup of having three FinTech interns uh, in the program. <laughs> you get, you, do, you, do you guys even have R and D over at Gallup? Uh, nah, not in the area of <laughs> blockchain. I can't get no, them to, yeah. In general, yeah. do you have R&D? Um, little, little bits. We do it a little bit different, uh, okay. in the, in the fact that we, um, oftentimes work with college students to get that done, but, okay. but mostly on existing stuff. Okay. The, we have a Creighton student, uh, who's, who's a part of our program and one from Indiana University and one from, um, UNL, Lincoln. Okay. Um, and so, but there, we're starting to think kind of along those terms and, and I've been trying to get some influence in there in that area to say, Hey, we ought to really start thinking about this. Um, I mentioned, we mentioned Facebook and I think that really, when Facebook made this announcement, I don't know, two months ago or whatever, that they were getting into this space, Edward, you probably know it better than we do, but can you do a quick summary? Like if for people who haven't followed what's happened there, give us just a little, a quick two-minute catch-up on, on what you know of that situation. Well, we were talking about Nest and giving permission to the utilities. So I, I, I was asking if you guys had talked about the privacy issues around Google and Facebook and stuff like oh, that oh, and on the show. Yeah. No, we haven't. No, no it's, a, it's a good topic. We should probably, we should probably bring that one, up, that, that one back up too. Um, so yeah, Libra is, uh, there's three parts to it. A lot of what um, I know comes from Kyle Tutt, who runs around Omaha and talks about mm-hmm. blockchain stuff too. And uh, he, we had a meetup and he, he gave a good overview of it. Um, so yeah, there's, there's Libra, there's, um, you know, the coin or the for-profit or whatever, there's the nonprofit. And then there's the wallet that is the first wallet that Libra will use. And there's, I think, whatever, 28, large multi-billion company dollar companies that are part of the node system and so it's essentially if i launched 
Edward Coyne and went to the, you know, 28 big banks in Omaha and, and Edward Coyne was, you know, they were all part of my consortium, like back in the R3 days when there were a bunch of banks as part of R3. Um, the, you know, the, those guys then are going to run a node for me. And so because we trust First National Bank, because we trust Centris, we trust that Edward Coyne is legit and they're all, uh, you know, and because of the governance around that association, the nonprofit specifically, then there's, there would never be a time where they could uh, do something that was, you know, it's kind of checks and balances for Facebook in light of all their um, heat that they've taken because of their privacy issues and uh, data. And so they, hypothetically, you'd have to get a lot of large companies who have some value or, or, um, or advocacy in the realm of privacy or uh, how to do things well technologically that, that you would have to get them to vote maliciously if something malicious was going to happen, a majority of them. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, um, you know, you could certainly see where, well, it's only talked about in terms of payments right now, you know, the ability that if I'm, uh, it, if I'm in, if I'm here in the U.S., I want to buy some Libra. I buy it with U.S. dollars. Now I'm in the Libra, the Facebook Libra ecosystem. So now I can send it to any other Facebook user. They could either keep it in Libra or they could uh, uh, exchange it into their local currency at whatever the you know they've got some calculations or algorithms to figure out the exchange rate. And in reality, like that was one thing that I I didn't get or still don't understand is like what is the what is the um if i buy five libra with u.s dollars and that's like one u.s dollar or something like that so i have five libras at one u.s dollar if i'm in the kenyan whatever their uh fiat is if i'm now i've how does my five libras get transferred and converted into kenyan right is it compared to the dollar at the end of the day um, so there's this, you know, kind of this floating balance between, you know, they, they become a currency exchange on par with any of this, any of the exchanges that you would, you know, day trade the Japanese yen in or whatever compared to the U S dollar and just make a penny on the difference or arbitrage or whatever. So hypothetically there's, there's a weird arbitrage thing going on there. Um, and that's probably true with any coin too. So there's a wallet that they have they're creating and they're the first uh they're the first and only wallet for now but then after i think a year um that you you there will be potential for other wallets to use libra as well and so um so yeah that's there's different you know from the way it sounded and again i haven't looked into this specifically of like as far as like where you buy the on-ramps quote-unquote on-ramps to buying libra are where a lot of the uh concern and regulation are because that's obviously where the money uh laundering is Mm -hmm. and so if i have a thousand dollars what sort of checks what sort of uh compliance requirements will i have to go through to buy a thousand dollars worth libra versus ten thousand dollars worth libra right what are the limits there and who who can you buy from could there become a could there could the start a black market for libra just weird things like that and that's obviously what the government's concerned about it so Mm -hmm. yeah why not like, so why the control? Why not just use one of the existing coins in Ethereum yeah. or a Bitcoin? Why, why not just do that? Yeah. So there is a, um, the way the, 
the nonprofit structure, and I believe it's the nonprofit, is that these 28 uh, companies that are so there's 20 companies and I think they're going to go up to a max of a hundred companies in the first year. And then like 500 to a thousand ever, uh, total companies in the nonprofit. And these are Uber, these are huge companies like uh, right. tele uh, Vodafone stuff like that all over the world. There's like one nonprofit in there and there's one, uh, startup company in there. Each of them put in $10 million to be a part of the ecosystem. And what they basically are doing with that money is that money is then collateralized against Libra to, you know, uh, Get assuage, value. Yeah. well, to assuage the regulators concerns that sure. if something goes bad, then we have us dollars to back it. So we can always pay out for the Libra if the price crashes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're taking that $10 million. So I'm Uber. I put $10 million in and now I have a, um, this money in holding. Well, some, some, way the whole math works out is that you're now basically earning interest on your money on your ten million dollars. And so they've invested in a nonprofit, they get a hefty return on that investment. And so um so that's why I mean that's where the whole uh that's that's what backs the currency and that's what makes all these players a lot of money and stuff like that. So yeah. That's add some faith to it, right? You gotta you gotta give some faith to the currency. So well, people Right? To answer your question, why didn't they use a different coin? It's yeah. because they probably couldn't get rich off of like just buying uh, Ethereum, yeah. right? Like right, right. if they control the ecosystem, they can figure out how to reimburse okay. themselves appropriately. Yeah. No, so, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. I, now now they think of it that way. What's yeah. the so in a in a traditional blockchain Bitcoin model, right? You have miners. Yeah. you know, forging these blocks. Yeah. Is it different in this model? I'm assuming it's a different, it's going to be a different blockchain or is it going to be built on top of an existing blockchain um, or how's that going to work? They used a consensus protocol from, I want to, it wasn't IBM, it was on Hyperledger. It was some random, I can't remember, it's a large Marsh or some large well-known IT company um, that, that that's where they got their consensus algorithm. And as far as the um, how it's created, as far as I understand, it's essentially on demand. So what happens is when you on demand as people buy. So if I put 100 US dollars in to buy Libra, I get 100 US dollars up to infinity, essentially. And there's not a uh, uh, I don't know if, of any cap on that, but that money then goes into the the holding fund along with essentially the money that Uber put in, and then that that uh, uh, that those holdings, whatever percentage, just I assume at some point that won't be a hundred percent with the ten million that's already put in there. It will probably fizzle down at some point mm -hmm. or scale down at some point. But anyways, this is, so that money goes into this holding fund, and then um, so. Uh, so there's nothing stopping them from continuing to add to that holding fund and generating new Libra and giving you your $100 worth of Libra. Uh, there's no, from my understanding, there's no real mining process. Okay. So. so they're not they're not having to mine and forge and build this blockchain necessarily the way the way we do it today or the way most most um, cryptocurrencies do it today. No, and I, I could be totally wrong on that. I somebody could fact check me, but the um, but there's not a the reason I brought up the consensus algorithm is because you, you really, as long as you can, as long as you can cryptographically create more coins, it doesn't sound like there's any real limit on that. The nodes are for verifying 
transactions. Yeah. There, there was no talk of miners okay. as far as I understand. Okay. Yeah, no, and that makes that that part makes sense uh, as far as the verification piece goes, right? It's getting that consensus, having those nodes, making sure you don't have one central point of weakness or the truth is spread around. Um, kind of seems like the kind of the right thing to do. Uh, go ahead. No, I was disagreeing with you. Yeah, and so it's um, it is interesting. Ken, Ken, what's your take on this as you think about this through the through the eyes of Alpha BTC and in the work that you've done? Does this sound? I mean, it does sound like big money is going to be controlling the nodes. It's going to be you know they're they're going to be trying to make different make money on the spread or some of those kinds of things as well as. Um, you know, the, to them, I can see the advantage to them is having a payment system that's fairly universal. We've been talking about this for a while, of being able to move money internationally at low cost, right? For some of these organizations to be global, it, see, it would be way convenient for them to be able to move and charge in a currency that doesn't have to stay in its country. Um, and so those kinds of things are interesting. But what do you think? I, I think, yeah, I, I think this will survive, not because it's a good idea, but just because everybody uses Facebook and um, it'll, I mean, people are going to start, once they get their money into into it, it'll, they'll just keep, you know, bouncing the money around from customer, you know, user to user. And it'll, I mean, especially if, I mean, you start to think about like, obviously in my, in, in my line of work, we deal with a lot of scams and, um, people sending money overseas and again, money laundering and, you know, funding all sorts of stuff. Right. That, and so that will be, you know, I get even pinged every once in a while by some random Bitcoin enthusiast from other continents. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so crazy. You get people who are reached out to via Google Hangouts by some anonymous stranger and eventually get talked into sending money to them. And it's just like, <laughs> how? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and so, yeah. and so I could see, uh, so I don't know what they're going to do about that. I don't know if they're going to make the transaction, if they can send it back or what the, you know, if the person just gets the Libra and takes it off the platform, then it's in their hands now. And there's nothing you can do really to call that back. So, I mean, um, but yeah, I think once it, I think people are going to, use it and i think you'll probably hear some of those horror stories and hopefully it'll help to educate people and make them aware of the scammers out there but uh probably it's going to keep happening and hopefully smaller and smaller degree but um i think it'll stick around for sure and i mean there's no downside there's no risk to them there's no real potential loss like if they if they decide to scrap the whole thing like google wave or whatever right like they're gonna they'll just cash everybody out because they've got 10 million dollars from a thousand entities and they've got some cash on hand to, to do this. And it's just a giant experiment, but I think they'll have enough adoption and buy-in from, because again, everybody cares about, or everybody's on Facebook and nobody really cares about the privacy or ownership of their money. And so it's just convenient and it'll work out just like you can send money through uh, Gmail right now and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think because everyone's on Facebook and they have such a big user base. And I mean, to be honest, sending uh, cryptocurrency still isn't the easiest thing to do um, outside of one of these apps, right? So if you have an app like Facebook, to me, it reminds me of, you know, all of my friends were all Venmo. Um, but a few of them we've converted, I've converted over to because they all have iPhones to Apple Pay. 
because it's super easy. In the iMessage, I can just say, you know, send them 20 bucks. I, it's a one less app I have to open and figure out. It's super quick and easy if the person's on it. And you just have a sheer number on Facebook and it's going to be easy. Type in their name. It's almost gonna be like, it's probably, I think, I haven't looked into it. It's probably in the messaging system, right? Where you just tap on it, send them however much money you want. And, uh, and you're well, good. You'd have the wallet, and so you'd have to open the wallet. So I don't know. Oh, how you do. Okay, it won't be integrated into the messaging phase. system. Wait, okay. yeah, I, I would imagine at some point that might be a thing, but I, or or it might have to reside outside of the messaging system in the generic. And oh, I don't know how it'll work, but well, that'll uh, be the key right there. How easy it is yeah. to use, I think that'll be the key. Because right now it's still, if I want to send my dad uh, Bitcoin, you know, I have to, okay, send me your address, what's all that stuff, yeah. and it's, or, you know, snap me your QR code and, and text yeah. it to me or whatever. So it's yeah. still not the easiest thing to do. I think the, uh, it'll, I mean, I, I give them props for trying it, for doing the blockchain thing. They didn't have to. They could have just made Facebook cash or something really boring and generic and, and they didn't. So good for them. And hopefully, uh, I mean, it's not a true cryptocurrency or it's not a real, you know, re- truly uh, decentralized. Uh, yeah, decentralized. Yeah. yeah, it's not that. But, you know, I, I think it will help with getting the, the enterprise, as we've already seen, like Michael's talking about, like, I think it'll help continue to warm up the whole enterprise and users to what blockchain is and that it's a safe thing and a real thing and stuff like that. So. So is it more like Ripple than it is like Bitcoin in the sense that are? Um, it's, I would say it is um, one step above Ripple or maybe a few steps in terms of Ripple is controlled and owned by Ripple, basically. So Facebook has at least um, taken made the effort to get some other parties involved that have some real weight and right. could stand up to them if they started making stupid decisions. So. Right. So why, I guess it's because it's Facebook, but we this has been going on for a while, but then all of a sudden Facebook says they're going to do it and it just goes nuts for, you know, in the news cycle for, and, yeah. and is it, did it just go nuts because we, we really can't trust Facebook for the most part and they're getting involved in financial transactions or, I mean, I why all of a sudden? I mean, I think the timing was very well done um, to, I mean, they have had, you know, I mean, they could have, They've probably been working on it longer than this. I can't remember when that guy got uh, moved into that position, but um, at Facebook. But you know, they could have ramped it up and made it all happen, or at least written the white paper. Obviously, in a year, or you know, with their talent, they probably could have written the white paper in a month. But like the, but conveniently, right from the time they started to take heat, a lot of heat from the government and from uh, the public about how the, what their practices were in terms of other things and or even just as like a PR recovery from the the uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal, stuff like that, right? But anyway, so I, I suspect it's more related to the fact that they're starting to go before the, the Congress to, for hearings that they needed some positive news or different news, and this was their way of getting it. So, yeah. It's an interesting way of getting, of getting positive news. Uh, you know, we're we're also in a news cycle where we're seeing the United States government begin to investigate Amazon, Google, Facebook, Apple for yep. some of their some of the yep. things that they're doing. I don't think it'll be long before the EU does follow suit and goes after those. Uh, if not, I mean, in many cases they already have, but I I think this is going to be like a Microsoft esque '90s. Uh, going after once those guys are locked in, they 
they really don't unlock. And so that could be interesting. So, you know, I guess thinking from a consumer, I don't know, it's weird for me. It's part of me is like, okay, this makes sense. This could be kind of cool. And then there's another part of me that kind of goes, this is kind of weird, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, 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 maybe you will think twice about it. I don't think most people think twice about yeah. just putting a hundred bucks on their Facebook and then they maybe restock it a few months later or whatever. And, but it would yeah. just be, we're yeah. sending it around the world and sending it to who we need. It's convenient. And I, I just, I, yeah. people are more driven by okay. expediency than anything. But yes, no. there are well, sorts. Of, I mean, you get to talk about like who can see your, just like Cambridge Analytica, who can see your friends, who can see your transactions, you know, where your transactions going. Um, certainly there's all those concerns. And I, if, you know, I have, I have no plans or desire to buy any or use it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I keep some money in my PayPal account just in case. Right. And so I'll probably keep some in Facebook, but if I really want to send some money, that's probably not what I'm going to use, but that doesn't mean other people will not. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess if it's convenient and it works, and you know, we 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 look at Facebook, but they're not the only one behind this, right? I mean, there are how many, right? I mean, they, other- I mean, they, I mean, if Mark Zuckerberg comes to you and says, "Hey, can you give me ten million bucks?" You're not going to sell no. Like, <laughs> I mean, the other people are just there to make everybody feel better about it. Yeah, I mean, Facebook okay. could have and would have done it on their own. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, interesting. I think, um, do, do you know of a timeline? Have, have anybody released anything as far as when it will be usable or? Oh, 2020 I, uh, is all I know. I don't okay. remember what quarter it is, but sometime okay. 2020. Yeah. And you're, you're telling me, Edward, as soon as it comes out, you're going to put a little money in there just to kind of try it out. Is that? No, or, no. <laughs> I will probably use it for something. I'll need a little, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll yeah. put a little extra in there or somebody will send me money and I won't withdraw it and then I'll have it in there and I'll send it to somebody else. Like it's going to be that, like, uh, I mean, yes, I will probably experiment with it. Um, but as far as using it for any useful purpose, um, it will, a day will probably come when I do that. Yeah. 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 And I'm trying to think, you know, so there's marketplace transactions that are there, right? So I can yeah, buy and totally. sell things in their marketplace, which has had, Mike, you probably use the marketplace more than I have. Um, do, do, do we know how often or how big is the, the revenue or never seen any of those numbers on Facebook marketplace? Is that driving a significant, would they, would anybody know since the transaction doesn't go through them today, right? It doesn't. Or does uh, it? No, I mean, you, you can, I think, I think you can pay through Facebook somehow. No one has ever, I've used it a lot. No one's ever offered or asked to be paid through Facebook. Um, usually it's all, you know, cash, Venmo, um, Bitcoin, whatever you want to pay in. So I don't think they would ever know. They do ask you to market as sold and they do have requirements for how often you can change the price. So, uh, but they'll, they would never know the negotiation of usually I'll post it on there and I'll negotiate the, the price in a message and then I'll market as sold, um, in the same way. So no, I don't think they would ever know. So I, I see two, um, and so maybe I'm entirely off base as far as who the users are. And like, I mean, if you've done stuff in, on Facebook marketplace or whatever, right. But there's two hypotheticals of, of if I'm paying for something, um, I think the, one of the advantages is that it opens up an international 
market maybe to them and maybe i'm wrong maybe facebook marketplace already has this and it works and people just don't use it and libra will not benefit or help that at all um but i see this as like uh kind of like an alibaba type play where you're competing so that if i'm ordering something from china right some really cheap widget that i need a hundred of to sell on you know ebay or something like that um so then you could have somebody that you you could interface with them via Facebook and you have a little more trust there maybe. And so you could compete with Alibaba in that regard. And, and so you're not just buying something from the neighborhood across the street from you. Right. And cause then you could just pay cash for it. Cause you saw in the marketplace, you give them 40 bucks cash. Um, but because this is more international say, then you could potentially um, everybody can cash out on their, their fiat. The other thing is that, or the other angle is that I see it almost competing with like, um, global reserve currency of like i could see them having or mark zuckerberg having some uh uh you know pinky in the brain aspirations of you know that he could uh compete with the imf and you know everybody will be using libra someday instead of the u.s dollar and so i mean those are some because again like the Uber same has... aspiration of every uh cryptocurrency <laughs> creator out there right <laughs> uber has a presence right globally and so and they have their subsidiaries right and so if you start if uber starts nominating everything in libra then everybody's going to need some libra to take a take a ride and stuff like that and so it just makes everything easier because you don't have to convert when you're traveling you just travel with libra and then you can pay your uber driver wherever you're at and stuff like that so right right Go ahead, Mike. You were going to say something. I was, and then it totally went away. So I was, trying, I was like, oh, made the noise. I was like, oh, hopefully I didn't catch that. <laughs> Edward, it does. It does. No, it's okay. It does. Um, when you're talking about international travel, did you remember it? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I hope they don't change the marketplace just real quick because that is the one reason I use the marketplace. It's all local. It's cash. It's not, there's no fee taken out. It's literally, it's almost like an enhanced Craigslist. That's all it is. Mm. Um, and so that's what I love about it. So I really hope they don't change it because I don't, I don't need another eBay. I need a place. I need a Craigslist that's actually trustworthy and not full of just a bunch of junk. Um, so, and Facebook marketplace is that to me. I, I don't, I've had just great luck with the marketplace as far as people show up. There's not many scams. Um, the things I post, I don't get, you know, weird messages. Every message I get is a real message. Maybe I've gotten lucky and the things I post are not weird, but like, this is where I sold all of my GPUs. When I got out of mining, I sold them all there. I sold, uh, I just, I sell a bunch of stuff on there and it, it just works so much better. So I hope they don't change it in like a shipping paying. They need, you need to pay through the app. That would just be annoying to me. But you know that, I mean, they have aspirations on Alibaba and Alipay. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Android. Like all those things they're not really into yet very much. And so, you know. This well, is... why put the marketplace out there if they're not going to eventually make money on it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, look at Amazon and where they're going and the just the gigantic market that is. And, uh, and so there's some, you know, there's, is there potential there? It's interesting. These, they will start going head to head. Um, in this space, I was going to say that I was thinking uh, international travel a couple of years back when I was going international, doing some international travel. I was always looking for credit cards where I could use them here in the U.S. and overseas and not incur, right? Many of them kind of had like, we'll waive or they're free international, whatever. There is some, like, there is some draw to that if you do, if you do a bunch of international travel where, it is kind of convenient. It's still, Edward, we've talked about this before. It's still not super convenient to 
move money or to get money or to carry cash uh, or carry whatever currency that you're in. In a a thing like this, that would be regardless, you would fund it up and then go and use it if I was in Japan or if I'm in Korea or if I'm in Australia or Germany. Yeah, I just use the account and it kind of works like, you know, Google's got this on their cell phones, right? You go, you used to incur these gigantic charges when you go overseas and now just turn it on. And so I could see how quickly for some of these kinds of things where for those that travel, and I don't know how big the international travel market is or if it's big enough to be a driving force in some of those kinds of things. But man, you could you could start seeing a market pop up around that where it could be pretty freaking convenient to just have one one thing do it all. You know? Think of it like Apple Pay with just tap with your phone and you've paid with crypto instead, right? You've paid with Libra, you've paid with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of swiping a credit card, you tapped and paid with Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, crypto, like Mike said, crypto has a user interface problem, has had a user interface problem. And so if this is, I mean, you know, as unfortunate yeah. as it is, if this is the solution, right, where you're yeah. in, in Switzerland and on an Uber and they, you know, do you take Libra? Yes. Like, I mean, the, the ridiculous percentage of the world that has a Facebook account, you know, that will, um, you know, this, this could be the, and because, and, and I think it, Will, build, will hopefully reverse itself back in terms of like because of this hopefully we'll see more adoption in the real crypto world and people yeah. will uh, get involved in other uh, things besides just Libra and start to use them so we'll see a year back or so I was spending time with Vince Surf he comes to Gallup uh, every so often and cool. I was talking about crypto to him and he, cool. you know he's he, he's a little more he's a little more skeptical and he had said at the time, he goes, you know, one of crypto's big problems is that it, if you have a wallet and you lose an ID, there is, or you lose the password for it, there is literally no safety net. You you can't you can't get it back. You can't. It's gone, and whatever you put in there is gone, right? And he goes, there's, you know, for the average consumer, that's just not going to work because they, they don't, they expect to be able to call the bank when they've done something wrong or call. I was just talking to somebody who was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, why can't, oh, they had called, uh, oh, they had called some utility or something and they, they wouldn't give them any information without certain things over the phone. And it was a bunch of things. And they're like, can't you just verify my information? And many people are like, no, you, it's online or nothing type deal. And, and a lot of people aren't ready for that. Edward, as we think about this situation and the wallet, because that's what's important, does Facebook then own and take ownership for the customer service of that wallet? And if people need help with it or lose things around it, does are we in that kind of situation? Um, well, some might say that Facebook doesn't take ownership or do any customer service period so like well there's there's, yeah like any of those companies like those monolithic googles and those guys like getting them on the phone or getting support is you know again you are the commodity you are the uh well what's the uh, i lost it anyways you are the um uh whatever yeah the uh so yes unless you're paying the money um i i getting support is very hard with those companies. Yeah. Uh, there's a public private key structure in line with other cryptocurrencies uh, attached to the, 
the coin, the wallets, right? So right now there's Colibra, their wallet, which will be the first one for a year. So whether you own public or private keys in that situation, I don't know the answer to that question. Whether you own public or private keys with future wallets that come out, that would probably be more likely, right, where you could actually store your public and private keys. If you lose your private key, then yes, either you're going to still be hosed just like any other, uh, you know, again, you can, can you, can you tie it to, can you re-authenticate yourself or re, uh, get access to your wallet using your Facebook account or something like that, or 12 words or, um, you know, something else besides that to get your access to your wallet again. I don't know the answer to your question, but yes, they would, they, these are things they need to figure out that right, I don't know right. the answer to, but, but yeah. being in that world of taking those phone calls from people who have thrown away paper wallets, right? Like that is, they need to figure that out. And that will probably come through the course of, you know, regulatory inquiries from mm-hmm. Congress. So, yeah. Mike in the work, the KPMG conversations, does that come up as far as regulations or regulators or auditing that kind of work? Like, the, hey, the it's con- gone. Well, you know, not, I don't know specifically, um, but what their conversation right now is, what do the regulators want to see? We don't know yet. Um, and I mean, we're starting to see some things, but so the, the auditors are right now trying to essentially like see the future. What do the regulars want to see? So, okay, so what do our work papers look like? What are we going to test? What are our controls that we need to see in place to make the regulators happy? And, and that's really that, that fine line of, uh, of what they're going to test for to make sure they are compliant in all the ways and that they could issue a SOC report on it and, and give the customers, um, that peace of mind. So I think I could see that coming up. And if it does, if the regulators, you know, require it, then of course, yeah, they're going to, they're going to check for it and see what are your controls here to, to make sure I'm, that this is what I'm guessing where it's going. There's going to be a control in place. What's your control for a customer You can't just like lose all their coins by, by losing their uh, private key. There's gotta be something I'm sure. Yeah. And then you can, and then it just kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a cryptocurrency because you don't really own your money and right. people yeah. don't care. So yeah. they're going to use yeah. it anyways. So. Right. <laughs> you sound super skeptical. The good old days when the regulators didn't know what blockchain yeah. was yeah. and they couldn't get yeah. into it. We could just, yeah. we could all, you know, you just yeah. lived with it. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, what I think happens, Edward, to your point earlier what i think happened so you now have private companies really in charge of this it's not really distributed it is in nature but it's not really and then the structure is controlled i mean these guys are in this for profit like the the structures behind a bitcoin or an ethereum yeah there there's monetary profit in the buying and selling of these transactions as value is added or lost right in in those in that setting but you don't necessarily have a single company whose idea is, hey, let's start charging fees against this because, you know, that's the next thing coming. Right. I mean, it's, it, it, in, in a lot of this is like, OK, how do we you know, how do we make how do we get fees? I remember the early days of eBay and, and the 15 other eBay like companies that were out there that are all gone now. And they all started. It was like, oh, yeah, easy purchase. And this stuff was all free and we're going to make it easy for you. And then. Over the course, every year, a new fee. Oh, no, we're going to go with, Hmm. now there's going to be a 1% just to kind of cover this for a while. And then 
you know, you, you come back, I hadn't used eBay for a long time and I came back to it and I'm like, holy crap, this is, yeah. this is more expensive than my credit card <laughs> paying interest, yeah. you know, in, so th- in, well, there's, I mean, you, you have the banks who used to not, I don't think, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm not as old as you, Jim, but, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you just, just straight face on that one. Never oh, no, no. You know what? Actually, I lost the sound. So oh. uh, <laughs> I missed the joke. Oh, I said, never mind. Um, <laughs> so banks, it seems like bank fees have crept up over time. Right. And so the, uh, and so there is a reality that there is a potential where Facebook could try to, but the other reality is they don't really need to because hypothetically, maybe the fee won't be in the, in the exchange necessarily of the Libra, but it will be in the marketplace when you make a transaction. Right. But they would have done that anyways. And so they make money by you using the Libra, even though you're not, um, even though you're not char- being charged for the conversion. But on the other hand, like we have, um, like so maybe if you buy from facebook directly there's no fees i think that's part of the beauty of it and that will uh expedite adoption and they might never have to charge fees because they're making money by just selling all your data right so you're in a user and so you get they get their money anyways from you and this is just a convenience thing but at the same time they have these on ramps where you're having to buy libra and so folks like like if we sold libra at our bitcoin atm which we hopefully will at some point then you you would charge you would pay eight percent to buy to buy libra even though and so you're getting charged for but it's not necessarily going into facebook's pocket and stuff like that so i i think they might not ever charge fees for buying or using libra um, because they want people to be on the platform and use the platform so fair enough sorry i missed that joke it just it cut right out and i was like oh i hope i don't get caught on this one i'm gonna act like i just and then you guys were like yeah um it was an age joke you know it's a- I, oh, I was no. asking so my question was did, did back in the day did oh, they did they <laughs> <laughs> did they not charge fees as much at the banks as they do oh, now it was horrible it was horrible back well, it's expensive to chisel into rock in you know the, that's well that i know a lot of time. i mean <laughs> you, ka-ching 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 forge that copper yeah i mean that's someone's time that takes a lot of it takes a lot of work billowing big billowing (laughs) things inside the bank (laughs) well i mean in the 70s uh when i watched my parents bank banking was awful and it was a very it was a very expensive adventure and then then in the deregulation and the d the deregulation that came with savings and loans that changed the whole the whole scheme of banking and the way they do things really made it almost free again, but that free system didn't work. (laughs) And, you know, as, as the savings and loans drove the pressure on the banks, I mean, it got us a lot of great innovation, but it drove the price down on the banks to free checking accounts and free everything. Right. And banks are like, well, we got to make money somehow in this thing. Right. And we found out through neglect and cheating and some of those other kinds of things that that savings and loan system didn't work and it, it it failed right and i came into banking right as that was happening and so the fdic was coming in and cleaning up all these problems and put some put kind of the brakes on some of that and then banks went right back to you know increasing their fees again in in not in a way that i thought was i mean yeah you got to make money but do you need to you know, there was a time when they were, I think, charging, they were gouging again because they could. There wasn't a competitor. 
And I'm just in this scenario, I'm kind of afraid it's, it's a single, this is going to be a single currency without a competitor in its place. And maybe another one will, maybe another one will pop up. Maybe Bitcoin will actually be a legitimate, maybe this will drive some innovation with Bitcoin. And on that network, both can be offered. You can come on with Libra and do have the convenience of all the stuff that goes with Facebook, but also Bitcoin uh, wallets can come on and still do transactions and do them at a lower cost because there isn't necessarily the fees or the, the the people behind it who have to get paid, who have to make money on that as well, right? You could you could then compete on the onboarding of, of fiat via Libra or the, the onboarding of fiat via Bitcoin, and it creates some competition. And that's I guess that's what I get a little worried about in a scenario like this is we lose that competitive, um, we lose, lose competition and that's never good for the consumer. But the great part about this one is it's it's not like banking where I need a bank, right? Like I don't need to use Facebook. Uh, I don't need to use Libra. There's there's Venmo, there's other, I can pay cash. I don't, I don't need to go, I don't need a channel. Now there are some people that might, right? They need a way to pay international. Um, they do that a lot. They transact with family and maybe they need that. So they might, you know, other, they might not be able to use, they might have to go look at Coinbase and figure out how to use that, things like that. But I think it's different when we don't need it, um, not a necessity. Whereas banking, you pretty much, you need a bank and you need to go. And if you're forced into certain rates and you got to use them, great. But I don't think anyone's going to have to be forced into using uh, Libra, at least anytime soon. Maybe once we start getting into, if it does become the international standard for travel and Uber. Um, but again, how often are, is that happening? For a select few, a lot. Uh, but for the rest of us, you know, not too often. Yeah, I think that, I mean, a few things. If you're right, like I probably am too optimistic in the fact that they, there won't be fees charged, right? But like uh, any fintech is going is constantly competing against the banks and driving their fees down and trying to put them out of business and so this is just a like for now when they're trying to gain market share right it'll be fee free probably for a long time and then eventually you're right they probably will start creeping in fees and once they've become the standard or once they've got a you know a user base a loyal user base or have a somewhat monopoly on it and so um, but on the other hand co-libra their wallet right like very easily most wallets nowadays have more than one coin in them. So it is certainly reasonable that Calibra would be able to hold Libra and Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum. And then you could, you're not beholden to their, uh, you know, um, their system of, of doing things and you could potentially use other cryptocurrencies. And so you're not, if there are fees, right, hypothetically, you could use something else yeah. instead to get around it. Facebook just doesn't have a good record of playing playing well in that space, right? Of saying, oh, yeah, let's all get along. This isn't they're, Microsoft. Like, they're, getting, <laughs> they're getting a lot of heat, though. I, I hope yeah. they uh, I hope that they do get their act together in response to some of the things that they're being yeah. questioned about. So, Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting. And I think when we, um, I, I, I am, I, I do want to see competition, Mike, you know, in 1998, I don't think you were born yet. When 19... <laughs> What you, in 1998, I was seven. Okay. I could buy I could, the 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 early oh, let's just say 97, 98. The early online shopping at Christmas was from a bunch of different companies that were competing for my business for for gifts for Christmas, and so it wasn't just Amazon. And today, it's really just Amazon, right? Yeah. So 20 years later, 
there's one company left when you when you think about online retailing. Now, there's little tiny ones that are still doing stuff, but when Amazon offers something, even the next biggest one, Walmart, has to they buckle to it. They they they're followers, not leaders. They're not doing Walmart's doing not doing anything in, innovative around the retail space of changing the way. Yeah, they've got brick and mortar stores and people can come in and pick things up in the store, but that's not really changing things. Amazon is still a big leader in that. And, and I don't think that it's working for us today, but I don't think that's a healthy retail option to be if they own everything. And so I would love to see, I'd love to see us continue to move in a way where there are multiple players in this and they all, they all kind of work. Uh, Edward, as we think about that in the, in the two or three years we've been talking about this now is Bitcoin, Ethereum making, in your opinion, making progress on more adoption? Is it getting utilized in other areas? Is it making progress in that, in an area of being utilized more for whatever that, whatever that scenario is? I think we've seen since you and I last talked, um, the lightning has made a lot of progress. And so I think we are going to see um, some, you know, the benefits being one, you know, minuscule fees, and two really fast payments. Um, and it will become more of, I'll say like a Libra, right? Where it's kind of just has an expected user behavior, which Bitcoin has a lot of, a lot of unexpected and uh, uh, unexplainable behaviors from a user standpoint that they don't get. And so, um, so I think lightning network will, will solve, make it more of a PayPal where you're sending money and you're seeing it right away and stuff like that. And so, um, but aside from, Aside from that, which is not, that is, a, again, it's a, you know, it's kind of a, a decentralized effort to launch Lightning. Decentralized effort was, it was a decentralized effort to develop it, then it was to launch it. Now you've got some testing and beta stuff going on, and then eventually it'll go to mainstream. But all of those things don't have, there's not like a huge marketing push behind it, because there's not somebody that's got a whole lot of money behind it to push it. And then you've got to still teach them how to use, people how to use a wallet with Lightning and stuff like that. So that that is very slow in uh slow adoption um as we've seen over the past 10 years with bitcoin and so yeah it's nothing compared to the a behemoth like uh facebook and so uh other than that i mean as far as like who's who is doing more or uh using bitcoin more or, uh, spurring on bitcoin adoption uh nothing comes to mind right now that's really moved the bar at all. I just think we're just seeing gradual gradual user adoption, gradual user acceptance of it or, or public acceptance of it. Um, nothing really has been major since you okay. and I were last done. Okay. So still the same. Uh, I mentioned it in the beginning of the show. We've seen Bitcoin go from a bottom of 3,500 up to 10. I think we're at 9,000 today, but it's hovered in that 10, 11, 12 range and come back. Any, as you're thinking about, um, you know, as you're thinking about a why for a move, if there's been no major innovations going on, why, why are we seeing a, a move? And, and the rest of the coins have moved accordingly. Ethereum, everybody else has kind of gone along with it. Is it just a renewed interest? Or any speculation why it's moving again? Um, probably the two biggest things that come to mind are um, 
the Facebook stuff. I think okay. people, I think that that kind of moved it from the eight thousand to ten thousand range. As far as where or why it went from three thousand to eight thousand, probably just typical uh, market dynamics. More than anything, maybe the uh, just miners wanting to make money. And um, I mean, you could hypothetically say ordering. You could. <laughs> this is just. I mean, this is totally unfound it right but you just trying to make some sort of corollary yeah. is the uh the tariffs on mining equipment so you wind up having mining equipment costing more so you wind up having mining costing more miners want to recoup that money and so they've got to move the market up because they've got to make the rewards work for them so stuff like that i could see uh being some, uh something related to why the price went up okay. for a portion of that I hear statements like Bitcoin mining is is taking the same power consumption as all the power used in like this country. I hear that in the news, right? I hear those kinds yeah. of things being used. Have yeah. you seen, are we seeing in the space mining getting more efficient? Um, I mean, is this driving or are we seeing any new equipment or any of those kinds of things that are actually making mining more efficient than less when it comes to power consumption? Yeah, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, the, the problem, again, goes back to, even if you want to buy, if you want to buy that efficient equipment um, from China, we right. have to pay tariffs. And so right. we're, at a, we're, at, we're at a disadvantage all the time right now yeah. in the US. Right. And so, um, so whether you're seeing, so yes, you're seeing efficiency, um, but it's costing us more as, as far as efficiency gains from manufacturers here in the US. I mean, there's, I, yeah, I, I wish there were more manufacturers here in the U.S. That is, that is for sure. Um, you're seeing a lot of. I mean, it, it will have an impact, I think, on the uh, the ability to because what's happening is you're seeing it, you're seeing a secondary market spring up in the U.S. for uh, equipment that's already on the mainland, right? Like in, on our continent, um, and so you're seeing a lot of older stuff just being recycled around because it's not as efficient. And so eventually you're going to just have, so I guess the best thing for Bitcoin at this point would really just be to have the tariffs removed. If China mm -hmm. decides to play ball with Trump and they can. Yeah. Or, or using renewable energy for, right. I mean, being, uh, being completely on renewable mining it, on that. Well, there's a cost to that. Renewable money energy. to build yeah. the renewable. Yeah. That's, that's solar is free. Like it's just free. <laughs> Isn't it? There there, yeah, I mean, if you didn't have to buy solar panels, yeah. No, that'd be I know, great. I know. I'm just joking. I'm just <laughs> joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, what else should we know, Edward? When we think about uh, when we think about the state of cryptocurrency, blockchain, what else do we need to know? I mean, I think this year is just as good as ever to uh, hopefully end the year with a bang as far as the price goes. Um, you know, I think there's hopefully we'll see a new all time high. Maybe it'll be this year. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have any basis for that. I mean, second half second half of the year seems to be better than the first usually when those things happen. And so might not be this year, might be next year, who knows? But I mean I'm always optimistic, of course. So Well, for this year for me, I, I'm actually gonna have to pay taxes on it. So like this will be the first year ever I've actually had to pay taxes. I this I haven't awesome. I haven't done anything at a profit and the move no. from for the move from three to five or three to ten. Well, it's hard, is it's hard not to make money when you have that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. um, uh, so 
Uh, so if that if that is a measurement, if that is a mark of success, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to pay taxes. Well, as it as it appears right now, there's still <laughs> six months left in the year, five months. It's very possible things could change, and I don't have to. But uh, that's not a bad problem to have. Well, don't forget my advisory fees too. Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. Well, the check's in the mail. Um, I sent you some Bitcoin for it. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it. Weird. Uh, check your wallet. Um, <laughs> we were gonna um, we were gonna talk about the the Trump tweets as well. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So so what does that bring those up? Oh I oh uh, so there's been quite a bit of uh, it, it was because of the because of I think a lot of us prompted or the timing was around Facebook and Libra's announcement and then Trump you know I mean he specifically mentioned them actually and so uh, so yeah he was. He was uh, bad mouthing. He was bad mouthing. What? So, so he di- he, he distinguished uh, between cryptocurrency and digital currency, but he did bad mouth uh, Libra and he de- bad mouth digital currencies and pretty much bad mouth cryptocurrency and Bitcoin yeah. as well. But um, uh, so yeah, he, uh, and then and then Mnuchin. Then there was talk from like Steve Mnuchin and some other. Uh, I can't remember. Seems to be one other um, in regards to money laundering. Somebody was talking about money. Uh, I guess Trump met, tweeted about it, and then Steve Mnuchin talked, made some comment about cash being used, uh, cash not being used very much for for money laundering. Uh, it, in terms of bad mouthing Bitcoin as well. But I think <laughs> so. I think my take on both of those is um, that just like anything else that Trump says, he essentially has to take the opposite position as where he wants to land. Because if he takes the pro Bitcoin position, then the media comes out against Bitcoin. If he takes the anti Bitcoin position, then the media has to go digging and figure out why Bitcoin is a good thing to counter Trump. And in the meantime, you get a whole lot of good press for Bitcoin. And so that's, Yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting take on it, actually. That's not where I was expecting you to go with that. But, you know, it's it's pretty true, especially yeah. with, you know, most, uh, you know, except for Fox, they're going to be uh, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be out on this one if that's what he's trying to do. Um, but uh, interesting. Yeah, that, that'd be a good way to do it. Is that a conspiracy in the sense? <laughs> that's a conspiracy. That is some 4D chess. Tinfoil yeah. hat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, you never, you never know. I mean, it, you just don't know. There's some of the weird things we find out after the fact. So, um, uh, Edward, I'm, I'm going to say I am super surprised it's made it this long, just to be <laughs> honest with you. Right. When we first started talking about this, you know, I, I was kind of like, I don't know. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's a flash in the pan and, you know, that run to 19 and it was super fun. And then, the slide all the way down to three. And to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised I've held on to it and worked with it as long as I have, um, you know, here we are in the middle of 2019 or really two years. We kind of, I think we first started talking about this the summer of, of 2017, I think I want to say, or maybe spring when we first started talking to you about that. And, you know, prices were like 200 uh, in those days, uh, pretty different. And I, I, it surprises me. Um, I get a lot, I shouldn't say get a lot. I get a little bit of flack from the listening community when we talk about this, especially when we talk about it this long. I do really, and nobody, since I'm saying this at the end of the show, the people who need to hear this won't hear it. 
But I do think it's really important that we pay attention to this. Like it's, it's how, regardless of how you feel about it or regardless of whether you think it's going to be around or not or how it's going to be used. I think it's, it's important enough and it's going to be a part of something. We don't know what. But I think as a consumer, you gotta stay. You gotta you gotta know what's going on with this, and you gotta stay educated around it. I, I just don't think it's one of those things you want to, you know, wake up Rip Van Winkle someday and be like, "Well, where did this Bitcoin come from?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, type deal. I I just don't. I, I think you want to stay. You kind of want to stay out and ahead of it. I do. I mean, I've got some hopes for some of the the investments I've made in Bitcoin to help me pay off the kids' college. That's kind of the that's the goal right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide that. I'm, I'm in, you know, and, uh, having $10 is more than I had before. If I didn't have it before, it's $10 more than I had before. I have a little more than that, but, um, uh, so I, I, yeah, I think for those that are listening, I think it's really important. I mean, I, one, I appreciate you coming on here, Edward, and continuing to stay with us on this topic. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate you coming on and doing this with us, Mike, anything else uh, you want to add? No, I agree with you. I think it's, it's staying up on it, staying, uh, and like the things like Libra, right? Like a big long conversation we had tonight about that. Um, those are the kind of news stories that you, that you're going to want to stay up with because th this is where we start to see a shift and it's the things, Jim, you know, you, I, and, and Edward, when we've had you on that we've talked about is seeing where this goes as far as. Uh, user interface, as far as public adoption, as far as corporations getting involved, what do the banks do to rebut what um, cryptocurrencies are doing? And we're starting to see that happen right now. Uh, so this is where the rubber hits the road, I think, a little bit. And it's all been the talk before and the techies talking. And now it's getting um, into a phase where, you know, we might, Jim, I don't know if you would agree. We've always talked about how we were really early phase one. Maybe we're starting to get into a little bit of phase two. Um, I don't know, Edward, what, what do you think on that? If you had to put phases behind it, have we, have we progressed to a new phase now with, uh, when you think of stories like Libra and things like that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's, that's, or is this phase three? Was there an early phase, a middle run? And then now we're a little bit more into the corporate world. Um, I mean, you think of the, the hype cycle, right? The up and down of the early adopters and then you've got, you know, I mean, that's, it's certainly in line with that, but then that starts to repeat itself, right? So you got, oops, let me try this again. So you got the, then you got the bigger adoption, then you got the bigger adoption. And so um, as far as which bubble or which pump we're on, like, I, I don't know that specifically, but I mean, you could certainly see it ramping up as time goes on. And mm -hmm. I think the price will hopefully follow and as user adoption does and whatever cryptocurrency it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an exact phase, but yes, we are seeing continued growth overall. When do we stop mining crypto or when do we stop mining Bitcoin? When, 21, when, 2140. So 20 more years? 2140. Yeah. Oh, tw oh no, 120 oh. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's kind of a moot point on, yeah. on that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I like talking about it and, uh, and Edward, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and doing it. Do you want to hang through the post show or do we need to let you go? No, I do have to go. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, to your point, I guess, and as a way of checking out, we did, um, I think we hit 5,000, uh, Bitcoin ATMs around the world. And so that was oh, good. Wow. And, uh, we're actually, <clears throat> we're actually seeing some, 
uh, Bitcoin integration or cryptocurrency integration more with, with uh, traditional ATMs as well. But um, so, yeah, if you're how many do you guys have? We just have, well, we have seven. Technically, okay. we have two that people actually use. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fixing that. So we, Are the I rest think, of them in your basement and you're just like <laughs> plugging them in all the time. <laughs> no, the other one, uh, they just don't have it's a different user interface. And so gotcha. people are too hard. And so I'm, I'm hopefully going to be able to fix that in the next couple months here. And people actually use the other ones. Okay. But so, yeah, go to Jones Brothers or the mill in the Haymarket in Lincoln, and uh, you can buy some crypto there from us. So, Any, Anybody in Nebraska? One final question. How does Nebraska, how does the state of Nebraska feel about cryptocurrency? Um, they does that are, put you on the spot? Does that get you no, in trouble? No, <laughs> okay, no. right. I, I'm actually meeting with them on Monday. They are very oh, – they are great. They're not very public about it. It's interesting because uh, in the whole Libra conversation with – um, it was with, it was either with an, it was in an interview, I think that the Facebook Libra guy did, um, talking about the South Dakota department of banking, what that he was like giving them props for, uh, being so easy to work with and accepting of what they were doing. Cause somebody, uh, one of the companies that they were working with or Libra itself or something like that, uh, opened up their uh, banking relationships in South Dakota or something along those lines and South Dakota, um, which was a surprise to me because South Dakota typically and Iowa both are typically not that great to work with from a crypto standpoint, but Nebraska has been great to work with. They're, um, very understanding. They want to learn, they want to use it, or at least, you know, they want to encourage usage, use, I should say. Um, so Nebraska, though they're not very public about it, like there's not a whole bunch of companies, moving here to start their crypto businesses or anything like that. Um, Nebraska would welcome them with opening arms, I think. So, yeah. Cool. That's good to know. Good to know if you're, if you're free, uh, Edward, if you're, again, if you're free tomorrow night, yeah. uh, right. in the evening, give me, I'll, I'll ping you to make sure I'm there, but I'll have some cigars. So if you want right. to, if you want to swing good. by, it's a long trip for you, but thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. We'll let you All know. right. Thank you guys. Thanks, Edward. Good seeing you, man. Bye, you too. Bye. Appreciate it. All right, another successful crypto review. I think like there's some actually some teeth to this now. Like it's not just a pipe dream. Like you know, even a year ago, or like, well, who's using it? Well, nobody. Well, at least you can kind of say like Facebook and right. Uber and right. And, and that's what I mean, right? Like we're kind of in that next phase that you and I had always talked about getting ready for. Yeah. And I think we're in for a fun ride. At least you know, even if you just like you said, follow the news cycle. You right. The the news about this stuff is going to be is going to be fun. Yeah, I I would say to your point, I'd say this is the third round. So the first okay. one was those yep. early that it went up and spiked. So my I had family members that got involved in in Bitcoin at that point. One of them paid off his house with what he made out of this. Wow. So made some on that first run. Second run is what we got involved in, right that, to twenty that that twenty peak and then down. Then I think this is three and this is kind of a recovery, more realistic. Um, expectations. I think the money that's in it is is money to stay for a while. It just it it's volatile, but it's not as volatile as as it's been. We still have a problem because everybody follows Bitcoin. Like all the prices follow Bitcoin. Bitcoin's up, everybody's up. Bitcoin's right. down, everybody's down. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like that's dumb. That's not a good financial market. 
So we got well, a little bit of work. No one's doing the individual research on a, on a market-wide basis. Correct. No one's doing the research There's and no buying and selling off them. It's a whole up or down of cryptocurrency. Totally. But I think there is a reason to, though. I think what you said is, sadly, it's not that way. Um, if you compare it to the stock market where each, st- you know, the stocks, yes, they do rise and fall together, but there's also, they all do their own thing, right? They do. They do. Um, there's, there's fundamentals. This but there's is fundamentals. The yeah, exactly. The argument there's just I... nothing to base a cryptocurrency off. Right. Like what news are you going to go off of? Like, well, they still have the same model. I don't, it's just belief, right? How much do you believe in that model? It is. It um, is. There's no, it's not a business. It doesn't have any news to go off of, right? It's like a thousand companies and nobody's made a profit yet. And yeah, nobody, right. <laughs> nobody knows who's going to be the first one to make a profit. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, yep. Um, and this isn't unprecedented. I mentioned this, you know, in the, in the late nineties, there's all these sh- companies, Toys R Us and Amazon and shop.com and a whole bunch of these, right. That were trying to do this retail model. And there were hundreds of them. That's eh, maybe too bit too many. Fifties of them, maybe. Yeah, at least here in the United States. And nobody knew who's going to win. And they were giving away free. I remember we, we used to get ten dollar coupons, like like spend thirty get ten uh, at Christmas time. Coles well, is like the only people still doing that. No, right on. Well, you know, I mean, gold and, bucks man, or whatever, we, right? We spent those like crazy during that time. Or we were financially, you know, those were those were some lean years for us. And so, yeah, we were all in on that, but. It was pretty common to think I had we had bought Christmas gifts from five different retailers in those days. Now it's they'd all be Amazon, right? For the oh, most totally. part, right? Maybe you know. And you brought up a good point. It's even hard to try and shop local now, even if you want to. Mm-hmm. Like I needed a, a a power cord and an antenna cable and an antenna for a ham radio, and I was like, where do I even go? There's like nothing. No local no. radio shack's that. gone radio shack's gone crap. i went to the hot this is really cool actually i had never been there before this is like a hobby town store um up north and they actually have a huge racetrack for rc cars it was really cool uh and they actually had stuff really close not exactly what i needed but that was like the last place that i was even thinking amazon it's nine dollars it's the exact cord i need and it's here tomorrow like i ordered it today it's here tomorrow yeah and, and they're and, making no money but they are cornering the market on everything uh, yeah 100 percent right? Yeah, they already have know. me cornered. Yeah. Speaking of that, next week, you and me, ham radio. We're going to talk. You've gotten into ham radio, so be ready to talk a little bit about that. We'll um, spend a little bit of time next week. Got a new Echo show, uh, and I'll talk okay. a little bit about how I've moved some things around here and just kind of the thinking. I'm gonna. I'll have some things I want to say on the Echo, the Auto one. I haven't gotten that yet, but I got a few things to yeah, say. I was wondering that. if you had either, because I have still not received no. an invitation to buy no. it. But I've got some thoughts around it. So okay. I'm, we'll, we'll talk uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. So that's next week. Two weeks from now, Erin Lawrence. And all that stuff she did, you know, she built out that big conversion. Is it done? It's super close or okay. done. Is she going to give us a tour? Or is She's she ready to talk about it. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's going to be great. So that's going to be great. That's the eighth. The 8th of August. You want to join us live for that one. Like if there's, if you're listening now and you don't normally join us live, you're in your car and you're like, yeah, or, or it's, if it's eight weeks from now, you missed it. But if it's not, you should come out the 8th, August 8th and uh, join us. Aaron always does good. There'll be a week off. I'll be at podcast movement on the 15th. So headed out to Orlando, all things podcasting, no sense trying to do a show from there. And then Cody Wheat, who that's a name most people don't know, but Cody does a show called Shots of History, and it's all about the history of alcohol. And um, recently took on a new job with a company that's got this tech angle on alcohol. 
And wow. so I thought it'd be fun. Finally, I've been I've been trying to get him on the show. We just didn't have a really good reason to have him on. He's a really good podcaster, a good friend, and uh, just a good guy. Um, and it's not what I love about Shots of History is it's not a podcast about getting hammered. It's it's he's got some great stories. He interviews some great people. He talks to like there's a whole cocktail industry going on right now. There's like a resurgence of cocktails. And there are some really interesting ones that are out there and a whole like social culture around it. And, uh, and so Cody will be on, on the 22nd and we'll talk a little bit about some of the new tech they're using in that industry today. So we got some good things coming up. A couple reminders. Don't forget if you want to support us on Patreon, no pressure, but if you want to do that, the average guy.tv slash Patreon, join us on the discord, the average guy.tv slash discord. We still have a Facebook group and weird. I had two people join it this week, Mike. I thought it was dead, but it's apparently it's not. Facebook.com slash group slash the average guy. If you want to join us on there, if you want to send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv, we'll get that here. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Collison at Uyghur Tech. If you want to follow Mike to get that part done, don't forget the average guy.tv network, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from those that you know and you trust. Plans start as little as $10 a month. Super reasonable. That's Christian. Head out to Maple Grove Partners. Uh, dot com. Mike, it's barbecue season. You've been you've been uh, grilling or smoking much? Saturday. It's gonna mm. be all day. I'm gonna do, I'm doing the whole works, doing the ribs, uh, probably doing a pork butt, uh, nice. maybe some wings. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good Saturday. W- listen, we missed you last week on the on the grill show. It was super good. Mark brought some recipes. If you're listening to this and you didn't listen to the grill show because you're like normally like ah, I don't want to, I don't do the grill thing. No, you should go back and listen to it because Mark is absolutely magical. I should have said that up up front in the beginning of the show. Uh, Mark is absolutely magical. We threw some recipes in the show notes as well as full transcripts are in the show notes now as well. I'm trying this new service, otter.ai. They seem to have fixed the problem we had the first week we used them. If you want to get full transcripts, they're available out there in the show notes as well. And we're down to just a couple of weeks with my daughter before she goes back and we decrease our HelloFresh. Mike, it is so great to have her. She starts every one of those. We have it halfway going by the time we get there. It's the perfect excuse to just keep going with it. Oh, my God. They're, they have really, in the year we've been doing this, they have really expanded the recipes. Like, even so tonight, we started getting out. We have a, we're having a big family party on Saturday and we got out recipe cards and just started going through. What do we want to make? What do we want to make? And it was just so easy. So if you're struggling with things to cook, um, and oh, and I actually, I do, I make this not HelloFresh related, but they, I make this roasted corn. I think I've talked about it before. You put it, you don't put it in water, soak it, anything. You just put the corn right on the grill and let the husks basically burn off till the husks are you gone. That and, long. Yeah. Uh, the husks literally go that long. Okay. They just burn right off. And it, it just, it allows the smoke and the kind of all that to get in the corn. And then, I've been taking a knife and just slicing that corn off and I throw it in a cast iron skillet with some bacon bits and butter and some seasonings and it's roasted corn. Dude, dude, that by itself, I could eat that. Just, I could just take a spoon and just start. It's the meal. (laughs) Um, uh, I just got, I just picked up this pampered chef corn thing, which, you know, it's kind of curved. It's like a corn knife and you just hold it and off the kernels come. So that's coming and uh, I'm super, I'm super awesome. I also figured out, I was, was watching Facebook because that's all I do. And if I cut the end of the corn off and throw it on the grill, when I, when the husks are all gone, I won't have all that stringy, 
you know, sometimes you get, you know, oh, the inside yeah, of the yeah. corn. And yep. Yep. You get some of that. So I have to try that as well. Um, so hopefully you're having a good you and everyone else listening. Just having a good summer or winter, I guess if you're down under, maybe you're doing winter grilling. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, a lot of good stuff and a lot of good ideas uh, in there as well. We are live. Real quick. Have you seen the watermelon slicer? You were talking about the corn slicer. There's a watermelon one where it's got like a rotating uh, blade that has a bunch of like, you know, think of a think of like a pinwheel almost. um, And you run it along and it just perfectly it like sends out like ejects all these cubes of watermelon. So you just go whoop, whoop, whoop. And it just like cubes of watermelon just start shooting out. And it, I'm like, that is the coolest thing. Now, I some people said that's actually longer than the, what they can cut a watermelon in. I don't know. I'm really slow at cutting watermelon. So you have the thing, and then you just run this along it. And it just, I don't know. I was I was intrigued. It was a, it was a Facebook uh, video. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Cool. I just noticed they had a whole conversation about ham radio in the chat room. We did. Yeah. <laughs> which we're, we're uh, me and Justin, I think. So far, I think Justin might be one of the only ones in the group that is uh, into ham. But if that, if you are into ham, let me know before next week. Maybe jump in the Discord and uh, throw out there if, if you are into it. Just so and I know, I know the interest level of uh, if you guys want to know about it. Yeah, but we're going to talk about it anyways. It'll be fun. I'm, we're going to talk about it anyways. I'm interested. I'm an old CB radio guy, so we'll I'll have some context. When I was in high school, I did a lot of CB radio, and I'd kind of like to get back into. Oh, I shouldn't. I, Oh, here we go. Here's, here's the new ham, Jim. Here you go. You can get you can get the we'll we'll, we'll preface it. You can get this for thirty dollars and get into ham, and you could at least uh, you can at least get all the frequencies. Thirty bucks. <laughs> You'll I be driving a, around your car. It's awesome. You're like, oh man. Oh, I need another. Uh, um, Joe says just the food ham. We listen. We had a long conversation last week about what spam meant. <laughs> so okay. that's the conversation. I have yet to try spam. Just uh, I'll throw that Ooh, out there. Now Mark said, Mark said he cubes it and wraps it in bacon and smokes it. And I've heard it's not bad. I've just never had the opportunity to try it. No one I know cooks it well, but I mean I've heard that it it tastes great the way I you think a little Velveeta cheese and some hand and some you know bacon and wrapped smoked. Yeah. Hey, I did uh at the end of the show last week. Last thing and then we'll quit here. At the end of the show last week, Mark encouraged me. I was because I was like, I've really been struggling to smoke on my current grill. And he's like, Well, what's the bottom temperature? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, Okay, take a potato, stick your, stick your, your, you know, I have that, that I grill meat thermometer. Just put it on the grill, turn it to low, and let it sit there until that temperature evens out. So Sunday night was super nice. So I grabbed a cigar, lit a fire in the fireplace, lit the cigar, put the thing on the grill. And I, I was, you know, you're in, if you if you light a cigar, you're in for an hour, right? Yeah. Right. So I'm out there and I waited till the, till the temperature 185. So I can like, okay, if I can, if, and that's indirect heating one side on one side off, it's a small little spot, but that could be a start for me of getting, totally. if I could regulate that to 200 degrees. Put the put the smoke uh, tube on on the one say, side. That tube you have would be perfect. Then you're getting a little bit of yeah. smoke. Could, yep, could change the way I think about uh, smoking on the grill. So I'm. Uh, Sarah said we're having the kids over on Saturday, and she's like, "Well, maybe we'll do baby back ribs." And she was joking, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll smoke them for sure." And then she's like, "No, I was just kidding." I was like, "Well, why would you kid about something like that?" Yeah, don't don't kid about that. It's not something you joke about. Why would you kid about that? So we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv forward slash live or slash whatever you want to do. No crypto tonight. <laughs> That's all we talked about.
about in this show. So if you're, if you're like, Jim, when's the crypto going to come back? Well, we'll talk about it next week. I want to thank you guys for joining us live. We'll have a little bit of post-show at the end. Here. And with that, say goodbye.